A few years ago, a person of color asked me not to preach about Martin Luther King on Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Especially, she said, the I have a dream speech. White people have too often held that up as the only thing that MLK ever said without listening to the later sermons and speeches by Dr. King, she said. During my time as your minister, when I've led the service on this weekend, I have offered you the words of Reverend Dr. King directly, not the I have a dream speech, but others, letters from a Birmingham jail, for example, or asking someone whose work I respect to lead the service to talk about her justice work in Mississippi. Today, I once again offer the words of Dr. King with his sermon, The Drum Major Instinct. I had hoped to play the sermon for you in his voice, but it's 38 minutes long. So I encourage you to take the time to listen to it so that you can hear it in his voice. Today, I'm going to summarize the sermon for you as outlined by Josiah J. Davis, adapted by me, and then offer some current words from the King Center. Martin Luther King preached the Drum Major Instinct sermon on February 4th, 1968, exactly two months before he was assassinated. In it, he describes the longing for significance in the human heart, ways in which that longing is dangerous, and how Jesus repurposes that longing. He preached this sermon at Ebenezer Baptist Church. Dr. King starts with, with a passage from Scripture, from the Bible, from the book of Mark, uh, in the Christian Bible, chapter 10, verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatever we shall desire. We want something from you, they were saying. And Jesus said, What would you that I should do for you? And they said unto him, Grant us, grant unto us, that we may sit one on thy right hand and one on thy left hand in thy glory. They thought he would be a king and sitting on a throne. And Dr. King begins after the scripture with a caution. Before we condemn them, let us see that we all have this instinct. And he called it the drum major instinct. The this instinct to be important, to surpass others, to achieve distinction, to lead the parade. And he then offers the drum major instinct, illustra illustrations of the drum major instinct. It begins early, he says, when we're a baby. Our first cry is a cry for attention. It asks life to put us first. And I would say, Naturally so, we're completely dependent on others for our very survival. Then he says the drum major instinct is why so many people are joiners. You know, there are some people who just join everything, and it's really a quest for attention and recognition and importance. He says it's the reason we're susceptible to advertisements, that advertisers have a way of saying things to you that kind of gets you into buying. Um, in order to be a person of distinction, you must drink this whiskey. In order to make your neighbors envious, you must drive this type of car. The drum major instinct is the reason many of us live above our means. 
Left unchecked, the drum major instinct is harmful. And if this instinct is not harnessed, it becomes very dangerous. It's a dangerous, pernicious instinct, he says. For instance, if it isn't harnessed, it causes one's personality to become distorted. And that actually is the most damaging aspect of that need to surpass others is what it does to our personality. For some people, that drum major instinct leads to self-importance and boasting. And for some, it leads to bragging about the important people they know. He calls them influence peddlers. And they, in that um, attempt to deal with their own drum major instinct, they have to try to identify with the so-called big name people. And I find this fascinating because in today's world, we have these social media influencers whose lives are mostly completely made up. Another danger is that the drum major instinct can cause us to ultimately engage in activities that are merely used to get attention. They don't feel we're, or we don't feel like we're getting enough attention through the normal channels of social behavior. And so some turn to antisocial behavior in order to get that attention, in order to feel important, and even to committing acts of crime. Tragically, that leads to diminishing and using others, and we end up trying to push others down in order to push ourselves up. It can lead to taking pride in being on the, in being on the in while keeping others on the out. And the danger is that they can, some, they can become forces of classism and exclusivism, where somehow we get a degree of satisfaction because we are in something exclusive. It leads to devaluing others on the basis of race. And a lot of the race problems grow out of that drum major instinct, a need that some people have to feel superior, a need that some people have to feel that they are first and to feel that their white skin ordained them to be first. The same dynamic operates at a national level. King says, what is wrong in the world today is that the nations of the world are engaged in a bitter, colossal contest for supremacy. He references and talks about the potential deadly consequences of nuclear war. And then he turns his focus on America. He speaks in his time of the Vietnam War. God didn't call America to do what she's doing in the world now, to engage in a senseless, unjust war as the war in Vietnam. And we are criminals in that war, he says, and he shares his fear for the future of America. Every now and then, I go back and read Gibbon's Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. And when I come and look at America, I say to myself, the parallels are frightening, and we have perverted the drum major instinct. Perverted the drum major instinct. And so he says that this drum major instinct can be repurposed. And in his theology, Jesus has repurposed the drum major instinct. So Jesus, when he said, What what would you have that what would you have me do for you? Um, Jesus is saying, serve. He didn't rebuke James and John for wanting to be great. Instead, Jesus redefines what greatness is. 
one would have thought that Jesus would have condemned them. One would have thought that Jesus would have said, you're out of your place. You're selfish. Why would you even raise such a question? But Jesus didn't do that. He did something altogether different. He gave us a new norm of greatness. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness, service to others. King concludes his sermon with a reflection on what he would not like people to say at his funeral. And perhaps he knew how much he was seen as a threat to the status quo and knew that for those like him, there would be people out to get him. And maybe he knew that his days were numbered. He said he would not like to be known for his accomplishments, that he had won the Nobel Prize or several hundred other awards, or where he went to school. He would rather like to be known for serving others. That He said, say at my funeral that he tried to give his life serving others, that he tried to love somebody, that he tried to be right on the war question, that he tried to feed the hungry and clothe those who were naked and visit those in prison. He said, I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. A drum major for justice. Bishop Desmond Tutu, for whom our Time for All Ages was named, was 63 years old the first time he was able to vote. Here is how he described it to Krista Tippett, when she asked him what that was like, he said, how do you describe falling in love? It was an incredible experience. For you, he said to Krista Tippett, going to the ballot box is really a political act. For us, it was a religious act. It was a spiritual experience because you walked into the polling booth, one person, with all of the history of oppression and injustice, and all the baggage that we were carrying. And you walk in and you make your mark and you put the ballot into the box and you emerge on the other side and you are a different person. You are transfigured. Now you actually count in your own country. We were transformed from ciphers into persons. In the last year, folks in this congregation were able to write and send at least 500 postcards reminding folks to vote in Georgia. Not telling them who to vote for, but just encouraging them to vote. I believe that it made a difference. And for this last election, probably because I didn't respond to any of the texts they sent, I received my own postcard in the mail. I don't know if it's too late to save democracy but I believe that it is not too late to try. Voting rights are of utmost importance in this country and working for it is the collective all yelling into the elephant's ear, getting us all free. Many states have already enacted or are trying to enact voter suppression laws, especially those who are, for those who are already marginalized and oppressed. I mean, let's face it, that's who it is for. Let us educate ourselves 
advocate for voting rights and activate to ensure that all citizens are, enable, are, in, are able to vote. So here are some ways that you can do that. It's going to appear in the chat. If you want to phone bank with you, you the vote, check out the sidewithlove.org. One phone bank at 2 p.m. Eastern time every Thursday is democracy focused. There's another phone bank scheduled with 30 days of love for January 30th at 4 p.m. That will be the second link. The first link is side with love, all events, and the second link is the side with love for the 30 days of love, which began uh, the 14th of this month. Then there's deliver for voting rights from, deliver for voting rights now from the King family. That will be the third link. And then finally, it matters to call our own senators or any senator, even for those states whose senators are supportive. It's still useful and important for their lines to be flooded to increase the urgency. Thank you for supporting and doing everything you can to pass the critical legislation this week. I do not believe that it all is lost. Um, so the, that next link will be a link that's through the side with love, but it will take you, if you fill out that form, it will take you directly to being able to communicate with your senators. May we experience voting as a spiritual act and allow ourselves to be transformed by it. And in that transformation, may we reaffirm our commitment to ensure voting rights for all so that we may heal ourselves, each other, and our world, and understand that saving democracy means saving lives and possibly saving this lovely earth that we call home. May our own drum major instincts make us drum majors for love and justice. Blessed be and amen.